I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Brazil Antiques Interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcia Novelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name or my side project, Midnight Soundtrack, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists. Speaking of which, if you'd like me to produce your next album or song, get in touch. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Marciona Valley. We're excited to share that we've made some really significant updates to our Patreon page, and we invite you to become an official patron of the show to keep things going and growing. Yes, uh, perks include early access to content, of course, sponsored ads at the start or end of the show, as well as your chance to co-host an episode alongside your two favorite co-hosts. Um, and that's us, by the way, in I, case I, you didn't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we hope. We, we, we really want to be your favorites. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have our official BTA shirts available to purchase uh-huh. on our website. Today's Remember guest already him? knows about them because yes. I did try and pitch them to him before we started. Um, we'll we'll check for that sale later on. Uh, There's a link to get them in our show notes. And if you use the coupon code BTA Rocks, whether or not you agree with that statement, you will get 10% off uh, your purchase. Is our little way of saying thank you. Gracias. And lastly, uh, I just released my brand new acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume One, and you can listen to it anywhere you like to download or stream music. I encourage you to share it freely. Um, spread the love and uh, enjoy. Oh, yeah. So our guest this week is singer-songwriter Stephen Christian, former lead vocalist of Anne Berlin and vocalist of Anchor and Braille. With Anne Berlin, Stephen sold over one million records and has toured North America, the UK and Australia. Stephen is also the founder of non-profit and humanitarian-oriented band Faceless International and the founder of Woodwater Records. With a solo album due out later this year, we're looking forward to hearing more about that, his experiences in the music industry, and the advice he'd offer to his fellow musicians. So, welcome to the show, Stephen. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. We're both uh, we're both fans of uh, of your work and grew up, I'd say, listening to Amberlynn. Mm-hmm. That, does That's that make awesome. you, does that make you feel old, or does that make me, it makes me feel old to say I grew up listening to Amberlynn? But really, I was in my twenties, my late teens, no, twenties. So. Not at all, man. It doesn't. I mean, because I mean, you got to think that that's such a short time frame. You know, if you discover a band when you're like fourteen, by the time you're like a man, four years later, I know, yeah, right? That's pretty much basically your childhood. So <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. No. Well, let's get a, let's get fun right off the bat, and uh, why don't you tell us three things three things about yourself that everyone should know? Oh man, that's crazy. I think, uh, wow. Uh, the, the, the number one thing is, um, I guess my wife, I have a wife named Julia and two little daughters, Nico and Nola. They are, I guess if you want to know anything about my life, that is, they are my life. So that would probably be number one. Uh, 
I am living in New Mexico right now, which is crazy. I never saw myself ever moving out here, but I love it. It's the middle of nowhere. It's like the desert, but the, the culture and the people and the food, they'll keep me here for a long, long time. So I really love that. And then lastly, um, man, I just, I love exploring the music industry. I mean, I love music. It's great. But the music industry to me is so absolutely fascinating. It's, um, yeah, it's incredible. I think there's something to learn and know every day. You know, it's, it's, it's changing so rapidly. I mean, you got to look from like the, the 50s to the 80s, from the 80s to 2000, 2000 to 2017 is unrecognizable. So every day it's changing and I love kind of keeping up with it. Um, I think it's fascinating. Well, I want to jump right in and say that it's been literally two months shy of the 10 year anniversary of you going on tour with The Reason. And you came to Hamilton and played at a place called The Underground. And that is where I saw you guys play. And um, not only was I absolutely blown away, I was already a huge fan of you guys, but not only was I absolutely blown away by your performance, your vocals, and I've said that still to this day, out of everyone I've seen live, your vocals were just as good, if not better live. And I'm really critical. I'm a vocalist myself, and I'm very critical. They were just phenomenal. You were so good. And um, even more importantly, after the show, I'm sure you don't remember this. You had, you've gone on so many tours and seen so many fans. But you hung out with my wife and I after the, after the, the show for like a good half hour, maybe even an hour, just chatting and talking. And uh, wow. this was outside by the, yeah, by the bus and everything. And it meant so much to me. I mean, this, you know, I was in my early 20s, really, really working at the music thing. And you were so encouraging, so kind, and it really meant a lot. So thank you for wow. that. <laughs> That's crazy because I am really, really cocky and I don't talk to anybody. So just, <laughs> you know, just call yourself lucky because that just has never happened. <laughs> you were no, very surprised. Awesome, it was a good day. It must have been a good day. It was a really, I must've been just on cloud nine or something. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, that means the world to me. I mean, that, that, yeah. that is a very important. And, and I understand that this, this podcast is a little more geared towards the music industry. So sure. I can kind of give you some insight behind that. Um, you know, I don't use, when we were to record records, I would never use fancy mics. I hated when we would change mics midstream. I was, you know, very adamant about asking whoever my, my, um, audio guy was at the time, you know, Hey, what, what mic are we using live? You know, sh- you know, usually be a sure SM 53, 54, 57, you know, whatever we were using at the time. And I would just ask him for it. And then I would hand it to my producer and be like, as much as possible, I want to use this because I don't want to sing or try to pull off something on the record that I could not do live. To me, that was very wow. important, you know? Um, so that's why, you know, you won't, you know, occasionally would throw something in if, if we were looking for a particular tone or a particular sound. But for the most part, I really wanted the real thing. Um, I just felt disingenuine if I, if I trusted anything else. So that's, I'm not saying, oh, that's the reason that it sounded like that. Um, but I'm just saying I tried that, you know, that was definitely a focus of mine. I hated when I would go to a show and I would be like, good God, man, how much auto-tune did you actually use on the record? <laughs> because it was just frustrating, you know, it was just kind of, you know, I guess same, same as you. You know, I would, as a vocalist, you kind of pick out a vocalist and you're just kind of like, oh, I wish it sounded just (laughs) a little more like the record and a less like 1990s Jodeci or Casey and Jojo or some some (laughs) R&B band. Oh my God, wow, that takes me back. You know what? Uh, Yeah, there's like two ends of this, or I I think there's like three kind of places you can be at mainly. You can be at a place where no one really realizes anything and I guess that's okay. 
you know, you don't want to be on the end where it's like, oh my God, that's so awful. But you were, and you are on the one end that is rarity where it actually catches your attention how fantastic it is. And my wife, she's a huge music lover, but not a musician herself. And I remember her realizing that too, and that standing out to her and just, it hits you here, you know what I mean? When it's just so honest and real and when you can actually sing (laughs) and when you can actually pull it off live. So yeah, that's 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 interesting though about the microphones. I find that very interesting. And uh, that's obviously a testament to your character for sure. Thanks. Um, I kind of like to touch on, I mean, um, I'm sure the, the fact that you've, you've got a really good relationship with your fans, you know, hanging out with people at shows and, and stuff, I'm sure that's, you know, part of what's attributed to the longevity that Anne Berlin had. Um, and I think that the longevity that you guys had was definitely something that a lot of other bands would like to be able to achieve and replicate. Um, what would you personally attribute that longevity to? In politics, they call it grassroots, you know, and it's where you kind of get in with the people and groundswell from there. I think the biggest curse that a band could ever achieve is a massive first record. If you look back in your, in your catalog, I'm not going to name names. Um, if you look back in the catalog of your head of bands who had a massive first record, sold over a million, their career started there and then worked its way eventually down. You know, very, very few times. I can't even think of one. Um, is the antithesis true? Um, you're, you're kind of recoiling. So the best thing that you could do is sell like, you know, 1500 records, your first record and be disappointed, feel all like, man, I can't believe it. But, but the fact of the matter is when people feel connected, that is a great place to start from. And it's not, you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but it was never a kind of a marketing ploy. I'm not hanging out with somebody one-on-one at a bus for an hour after the show, because I'm like, man, this guy's going to start a podcast in a decade. You know, like, it's not, you know, that's not the, that's not the point of it. The point of it is to kind of connect on a real and personal level. Because you know how you felt. Remember when you were a kid and you found that record and you were like, nobody else knows this. These lyrics mean something about my life. I can relate with this song. And, and then when you meet that person or you get some type of like personal touch or personal connection, like you're never going to let that go. As long as you live, you know, it's just, it's yours forever. And so grassroots, it's all about the grassroots, working hard and being diligent and never taking any opportunity for granted. I remember in, I'm going to, man, I'm going to botch the year, but I'm going to say 2009, 2010, Lil Wayne was on every single record. He would do any, if any small town band was just kind of like, or, or, you know, hip hop artist was kind of like, be on my record. I think there was a series where he was like, had 40 or 50 cuts with other bands or other hip hop artists. And a lot of people would be like, man, you're kind of just, you're kind of just, you know, you know, making yourself not a commodity. You're just, you know, just, you know, throwing yourself on all these records. What's the point? Well, when he released his next record, I think it was Carter uh, the third, it was massive. I mean, the first week was over a million records, but people felt a connection, you know, even if only 20, 30 you know, people heard this guy that you were on with this one, or, you know, a thousand heard this one. Those are all these fans. and the, the culmination of it is a massive record. And so I just say, you know, hit the grassroots campaign market. You know, it's, it's all about the personal connection, the personal touch. Again, candidates have this thing where, you know, there's an 18% spike in votes, you know, when you go and have a, a connection. So you know, if you shake their hand, there's an 18% like more likelihood for them to shake hands. I I culminate that a lot with playing those shows for 16 and 17 people like we did in the beginning. When you had that personal connection where they can go, man, I remember 
we played there, there at this little dive bar and it was me and 10 other people and you know the, the, they were cutting up but the music was great and everybody just kind of felt connected and it was energy in the room i'll never forget that show um i think that's huge i think that's invaluable to to make sure that you connect on that type of level with the 1617 man if your first your first show coming out was on you know is on MTV and you guys did some type of special on you know whatever um you know, some, you know, whatever channel uh, and, and, and the, the label pumped in, you know, $100,000 to make sure that you got commercials in between, you know, this and that ESPN or whatever the show cable network and your fir first show starts at a thousand people. There's no connection there. There's no connection. There's no connecting at that level. Again, you want your first records to be small. Curse yourself with a small record and you can speak. That's the, the, the grassroots of a long career. I'm on the right path. <laughs> there you I'm go, on the man. Right path. <laughs> no, but really, it I really could not is. agree with you anymore. It's that's, that's kind of, that's the motto I've been, I, I've been standing by for over a decade now. It's just, you know, it's, it's, I don't believe that it's about having the most fans and it, more now than ever. It's about like quality over quantity and, you know, the idea of really cultivating and caring about those people who care about you and what you're doing, you know. So clearly, like you've been on both ends of it, I think, you know, and, and I think that you seem to be able to adapt and change and realize if, even though you were on uh, in the past, even though you had uh, uh, um, uh, Anne Berlin was uh, you guys did sign a major label at, at one point. That wasn't off the bat. You guys had paid your dues. You guys had, and, and even even besides being on whatever label you're on, you guys always connected with your audience, as I've clearly demonstrated. So I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I do want to ask, um, kind of shifting gears a little bit here. When you're writing, and you know, this is something that people might be interested in that are in more than one project. How do you decide what songs are for what project? And, yeah. uh, do, you know, do you have a different criteria for each project or is it really just like a gut feeling? I think it's all the above, you know, I think I can look at, stare at the lyrics and I can tell you what band it's for, you know, already, you know, whether it's for Anchor and Braille or Amberlynn, but I always made sure to give Amberlynn my best, you know, like, Hey, I really believe in this song. You know, what about, you know, like you guys have first writer refusal, you know, like you can say no or yes to anything you want. And they knew that and they took it, they took advantage of that, you know, uh, a couple times, several times here and there. Um, but I never, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't under the mindset, first of all, like if I found a hit song, I wasn't about to like hold it on for myself. You know, it was always Amberlynn first. And I think that's why they were, you know, kind of okay with Anchor and Braille. They knew that I would never tour when Amberlynn wanted to tour. I would never record records while Amberlynn was on the road. It was very much like my literal side project on the side you know, my focus was on Amberlynn. Um, other than that, you know, a lot of, a lot of like anchor and Braille stuff was just my passion. It was very whimsical, like whatever I was into, you know, the first one was, um, was, was very kind of, you know, I'll equate it a lot to like Ryan Adams, you know, the first anchor Braille, the second one was kind of a little more, I don't want to call it folk because that's tainted now. Um, a little more Americana, I guess you would say. And then the third one was very much like electronic, you know, it was just whatever I was into, whatever I was listening to, whatever I wanted to challenge myself with, that's what Anchor and Braille. And so you can't do that when you're in a band like Amberlynn, where people are looking for a particular sound. If you're going down this avenue and you suddenly turn it, veer it, you know, 90 degrees, people are going to, you're going to lose people. You might as well, you know, I, I, I don't appreciate when bands do that. If you want to do that and you're a band and you want to get super cool and hipster and awesome, 
go start a side project, man. Do not, you're going to lose your fans by saying, oh, no, 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 this style of music that we're playing, you know, if, if Newfound Glory came out with a, 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 you know, with an arcade fire record, oh my gosh, they would just ruin, but, but they would just lose their audience. You know, it's just how it is. So M88 is M88, you know, or, you know, M83, sorry. M83 is M83. They do, just cannot veer off a path. So if you want to get crazy with a side project, you're in Europe, a successful band out there, go, go venture off on your own, but come back to your fans that you cannot lose that core of people. And so that's why Amberlynn, I, you know, I was always very cautious about like, Hey, here's my song, but it needs to sound like Amberlynn. It cannot sound like, you know, anybody else or anything else. It needs to sound like Amberlynn. I think that's really interesting that you say that. We actually just recently had John Wozniak of Marcy Playground on the show, and he said something very similar because he has a band and he's starting a side project, a solo project. And, you know, he was talking about how he always brings his best to the band first, and they've been around for 20 years. You know what I mean? So it's very interesting. I guess it's just a camaraderie and a, and a respect that you have for your fellow bandmates, and you guys have all done it together that you don't want to kind of go off without, you know, giving them first dibs on something, which I think is very right. amazing. Um, yeah, that's that's really really interesting. And still on the topic of of uh, of writing, you you have a solo record coming out later this year uh, called Wildfires. Um, yes. Can you tell us a little bit, even just a little bit, about what we can expect from it? Yeah, it's a little more straightforward. These are some songs that I wrote, you know, right right at the ending of Amberlynn, coming out into um, you know uh, you know January February March of that of year two thousand fifteen. And so, you know, and, and uh, they haven't come out sooner because a lot of these songs, I was actually just writing for other people. I signed with Word Publishing um, in probably July, August of 2014 when Amberlynn was kind of coming to a close because as a creative type, I don't want to lose that. I kind of continually want to be investing. I continually, I don't want to lose that. I, I you know, it's a, it's a muscle. Your brain is a muscle. Um, writing is a muscle. So as soon as you kind of like put down the weights you just get flabby, you know, and so, uh, for lack of better analogy, cause that was horrific, but you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> one of those things where, where I wanted to continue it. I wanted to continue it. And so I began to write for other people and, you know, other people would come to me and say, Hey, can you write me a pop song? Can you write me a commercial? Can you write me this and that? And I just kind of wanted to continually exercise that. Um, and so after a while I started to realize, man, that's what's so hard about being, uh, an artist and a songwriter is that you feel so connected to the music. You know, you, so you hear the song or you hear the lyrics and you're like, that's me. Like, don't, why are you going to sing about my life? That's so, how is that not awkward for you? Like, and so um, then after a while, I started, to, the, the Word Records came to me and said, hey, would you want to put out a record? And I said, no way. I, I, I would rather off myself than get back into a tour bus. I, I'm just, I'm fine where I'm at. I love, again, as I said in the beginning of the conversation, if you know anything about me, it's my family. So I'm going to go ahead and hang out with them now. I've, I've put in my due diligence on the road. Um, so I just, I just kind of, you know, slowly got talked into by my wife and by friends, just like, hey, why don't you put this out, you know, on your own? And I said, that's great. I'll do that. But it's again, going to be on my own terms and my own timing. And so this is, you know, this was perfectly lined up with what I, what I'm doing now. And, uh, you know, and, and allowing me to be like, again, stay home, but still play some shows, maybe festivals, but for the most part, still kind of uh, be on my own terms. Yeah, so I'm definitely excited. So I know it's later this year. Is there a release date at the moment or is it 
flexible for now? It's flexible. I'm going to guess July, you know, June, July. Mm-hmm. But again, that's, you know, it's always up to the label. And, um, you know, that, that, you know, was originally supposed to be out this spring. And that's why I'm trying to keep it so ambiguous is because I don't know. And I don't want to promise. Sure. I hate when bands push back records because you're like, it was right here. Yeah, like, it's like just holding I candy bar it. right in yeah. front of you. Then right. being like, never mind. <laughs> you know, never mind. Just kidding. Well, in a month. And so I, I just want to be ambiguous until I don't know. But I'm, I'm guessing some, I'll just say summer 2017. All right, okay. let's have some fun. Are let's you ready see. for 20 questions? Man, I've been looking forward to this for like, man, months. Okay. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Co- oh my gosh. Coffee. I'm addicted. <laughs> meat or veggies? Oh, meat. Sadly, oh, I wish it was veggies. I know. It makes me very sad. <laughs> Twitter uh, or Facebook? Twitter. Facebook freaking charges too much. I, I mean, know. that's crazy. Indie or major? Indie. Michigan or New Mexico? Oh, well, <laughs> New Mexico. But my family was born in, I mean, I was born in Michigan. My right. family's there. So I love my family from Michigan, but I'm New Mexico. Okay. Studio or stage? Now studio. Education or experience? Oh, man. Oh, crap. That's the <laughs> hardest one yet. Um, education can lead to greater experiences. Okay. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Come on. Come on. That's not even, that's not even fair. Soccer or football? Or if football. I guess if you're in the UK, it's the same thing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, football, but football, we're not in the football. UK. We're in North America right now. <laughs> uh, gridiron, as they would call it. Talent or attitude? Attitude. Attitude. Canada or Scotland? Oh, come on. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, New Mexico. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Style or substance? Substance. Stranger Things or Game of Thrones? Stranger Things. Good show, right? <laughs> Oh man, so, it's just my childhood. That's literally my childhood. I know. That's every sure. adventure I've ever wanted to live. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? See, you you keep throwing out this Marvel DC crap. I mean, it's clearly Star Wars. I'm sorry. It's just uh, this, sorry for the next like, one then. You're like that. you're saying like apples or death. You know, like <laughs> come on. That's you know, don't even Well, I'm interested even, to hear this answer then. Batman or Superman? Oh, man. Okay, so if I had to be one, I would say Superman. But you got to give Batman credit. The dude's got no t- no no superhero powers. That's true. You know? Just a he's lot just of money. Rich, so he's making it happen. Money, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's pulling himself up from his bootstraps, even though his bootstraps are made of gold. So I'm going to say <laughs> I would rather have Superman's, like, you know, superpowers. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Batman just based on substance. Right, right. Now, some may say this question is very similar to Batman or Superman. You know, we're pitching two heavyweight superheroes against each other. <laughs> Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Oh, man. I celebrate Michael Bolton's complete collection. But <laughs> are Michael you being, Jackson... Are you for real? No, you man. Real? You gotta, have you never seen the movie Office Space? Oh, my yes. God. We've Please. had so many people referred to Office Space, and I've seen it, but so many years ago. Yeah, oh so my god! Ago. It's it's like it's up there with Spinal Tap. It's a legend of a movie. I have to watch He's like, it again. Michael Bolton. I celebrate your entire catalog. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna, obviously Michael Jackson. I'm sorry. I'm yellow sorry, Card Lord. or Jimmy World? The Yellow Card because those are my friends, man. Those guys, you know, Sean Mackin is one of the greatest men in rock and roll. Like seriously, greatest men in rock and roll. 
and I haven't had the privilege of hanging out with Jimmy Eat World too much. So even though they're they are definitely more of an influence, Clarity is is top ten favorite record of all time. So they've had more influence. But as far as Sean Mackin, man, that guy is unbeatable. I, I I would start a band just so I could hang out with that dude. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, he's he's phenomenal. That's if you ever get a chance to interview him or meet him, he's golden. And there's not too many of them. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? To be honest, like I'm, you know, there's probably ten golden dudes in mm-hmm. in in the band and world industry. You know, whose heart is like full of gold, and he's one of them. Wow! I'll have to reach out to him. Whale or kale? To eat or what? I don't even know. Whatever we don't makes really sense know. to you. Oh, okay. Uh, whale. Bet Midler? Whale. Or the Riddler? The Riddler. Some, people, still, have, uh, some people have suggested they might be one and the same. We don't know. Who knows? Bet Midler. Maybe it's the, the big secret. Did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> <laughs> I think my orchestra did that in like the eighth, seventh grade. That's not a joke. I think I... <laughs> I played that on an instrument. <laughs> yeah. And you were weeping you're, the whole time, just weeping. I was, I was oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. You are my hero. <laughs> and your final question, maybe one of us can be your hero, Ross or Marcio. Oh, man, New Mexico. Right answer. Can't say New Mexico for everything, but we'll let you in this That's in this, no, that's the correct case, answer. I'd life. be so sad if you didn't pick me or if you picked Ross or <laughs> I know, I um, I do want to ask you, you know, before uh, before we wrap up here, what advice would you give to artists who want to build a long term sustainable career? Like we've mentioned before, not just a flash in the pan, mm. you know, hundred thousand dollars put into something and then you're gone yeah. with no connection. What should they be considering when starting out their career right. in order for them to have a long term sustainable career? Well, man, I got a list for you, but I think to to quote Abraham Lincoln when he said, "Every day we hustle in." And I think that's the, what you need to live by um, is basically every day is a hustle. No matter what you put your hands to, you, you, you can't put your feet up. Even if when you get signed by a major or, or an indie, you can never put your feet on the desk. You have to be working every day. If you're not on the website, you need to be meeting fans. If you're not meeting fans, you need to be writing more music. You're not writing more music, you need to be listening to music. It, it, you, you cannot stop. And the day you stop, you know... For instance, like today I was, I was, I was you know, I, I like gridiron or football for you North Americans. Um, I like football. And I, you know, I was look, watching this, you know, kind of thing on the, on um, this video this morning. And I was watching as these dudes were like, it's off season. We're not playing football right now, but they're freaking pumping, uh, you know, just pumping. And I was like, I don't know if I could do that. Cause I don't think I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't have enough, that much passion. I would kind of be like lazy, like I got it up. And then I'd put it down and kind of <laughs> walk away. But I was like, well, that's what separates teams is the fact that on your off season, you are hustling, you are working your butt off. And the person who's not on the other team, that's the losing team. You know, the the people that work harder, the same in the band world or any other type of industry that you want to get into. It's that it's the off season preparers that are going to win. It's those dudes whose mind in the middle of like, you know, where some other people are kind of watching a movie or, or, or dazing out is kind of creatively kind of going through the motions kind of. You know, for a football player, he's writing plays for a for, you know, for a musician. He's watching this movie and kind of getting inspired like, man, you know, I feel like an anthem could come out of this this theatrical presentation or this movie or this podcast or whatever the case might be. Their brain is constantly working on what's next. You know, 
It's those, it's the apathetic that will get left behind. It's the creative pioneers that will always kind of like be in the forefront of the music industry because they're always working, you know, and it's not just about talent. You know, it really isn't. Talent's part of it and talent's a good chunk of it. You know, you don't have good music, but you look good. It doesn't matter. You know, I can, you know, there was this band that came out a couple years ago and they were put together by a label. They're not, they were kind of like a boy band, but they were, they had a big following overseas because no one can over understand their lyrics, but they got here and they were just a flop, a mess. So, you know, they look good. They had the name, they had the label, they had everything, but they didn't have the songs. At the end of the day, it is all about the songs. You know what I'm saying? So concentrate, concentrate, but hustle. And I feel like, you know, you, and, and again, going back to the football analogy, that guy was, was lifting weights this morning because he's passionate about football. He's passionate about what you do. You have to be passionate about the music and the music industry or it will eat you alive, you know, because you'll be disappointed. You'll, the fact of the matter is like, even in the heyday of Amberlynn at its peak, I was still running, a, I was running a label. I was, I was concentrating on Anchor and Braille. I was working on getting my MBA. I, um, I, I was doing social media for ultimate years. I was hustling. It's, it's, you know, you have to diversify your time because if you put all your, you know, if you concentrate just solely on one thing, that's great, but no one's promising you tomorrow. You have to be forward thinking in the music industry, you know? So, even though you're in the ba in a band and you guys are selling a million records, have a little bit of foresight to say what becomes of me in ten years. No, not there's the, the the fact that we got to put out more than three records or last more than four years is an anomaly. So, uh, it, see, what I'm saying it, you've got to you know not many bands are you two. There's not many bands who are you know who are going to be you know have a career that lasts over a decade. You know most bands you know not I think it's. 97% of bands that all form sell less than 1,000 records. So if you sell more than 1,000 and you have a, a more than three-year career, you did it. You literally did it. Yeah. You were in a 97, <laughs> you were in a 3% percentile of, of groups or bands or artists. So, but again, even if you're selling a lot of records, think 10 years down the road. You know, what becomes of my wife? What becomes of my kids? What am I doing next? Because I know a lot of people who are just kind of, now, back living with their parents or are back selling merch for other bands or are back, you see what I'm saying? Like, because they just got lost. I know a lot of guys that are, that when they got out of the band, they were so emotionally distraught, they just disconnected. They stopped talking with their bandmates. They kind of reclused into, you know, into nothingness. And it was just kind of like, man, when your identity, your identity has to be greater than the music that you perform. Does that make sense? You uh, have it makes to more than stuff. sense. I think that might have been my favorite advice that anyone's ever given on the show. And all I can speak is for myself is that you are speaking directly to me, man. I'm telling you right now, you've gotten me so pumped. Let me close with this, guys, because I got I got a jet. But um, you know, remember that it's always the music industry. Music is part, and industry is the other half of that word. So you know, to to people who are starting the bands or getting into the to, to the business concentrate and focus and treat it like a company. You treat it like a company. And that's sad because you're like, oh, what about the passion? Yeah, that's the music half. Leave the passion over here. But if you have to get savvy, if you're complaining about your record label contract, I blame no one but you. You did fail to have the foresight to not hire a lawyer. You signed your name to that paper. Don't complain later on. That's not them. That's a company. That's a corporation. That's how they feed their family. 
You need to look out for you. And so, you know, realize the passion of the music's over here. That's half of it. The industry's over here. So treat it like a business. And so some books that I feel like you need to read are Seven uh, Habits of Highly Effective People. It's incredible. That's really great. And then the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by by, uh, Maxwell is another great one. And I know this sounds all like, man, this is just... You know, where's all the dream and where's all the, the desire and where's all the kind of the good feelings? And I'm like, man, you want some good feelings? You do your homework now so that later you'll have the best, you know, the best experiences. Okay, so, so, so focus now and then later on uh, you can sit back and dream um, and, and, and have, yeah. You're have a smart guy, Stephen. What's the be- where's man. the best place for people to find you online? At Christian Music. Everywhere at Christian Perfect. Music, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So check me out there. Awesome. And uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. Don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you're there. And as I mentioned earlier, my brand new acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume 1, is now available everywhere. I'm also working on my second solo album, and you can be a part of it at marcinovelli.com slash pledge. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify, which I'm now verified on, uh, which are all my name, Marcio Novelli. Yeah, go do it. And I am working on websites for various artists at the moment. You can check out my work and my blog at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and on Facebook, Electric Kiwi Design. This episode was brought to you by 30 Roses, a virtual assistant and consultant to musicians and other creatives, as well as Chris Keaton, Joe Centenary, Buck Naked Soap Company, the Music Entrepreneur Headquarters, and Social Search. All links are in the show notes, so please check them out because they help to keep the show live. They do. And if you want to be one of those people that also helps keep the show alive, we would love you forever. Uh, just visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. We've recently updated our rewards, which now include sponsorships at the start of our interviews, as well as an opportunity for you to co-host an episode. Um, make sure to subscribe on YouTube and iTunes so you don't miss any episodes. And please leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show. Awesome. This has been wonderful, yeah. Stephen. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Uh, like I said, we're huge fans of you and you're, it's so great. I, I think the worst thing is meeting someone that you admire and they're just terrible. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. why they say don't meet your heroes or don't meet anything like that. Never meet you your really are. You're, yeah. you're a total sweetheart, man. We, we love Dude, you and thank uh, you. we would love thank to you. welcome you back on sometime. Hey, whenever you want, let me know. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.